A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. A lot of people know this passage, and, and if you don't, this is a, a section in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, in which uh, it begins by saying that Jesus uh, had necessity uh, to go through Samaria and, and on his way back to Galilee. Even though there was a way for him to go without doing that, he, it, it, it says that he had, he had to go through Samaria. Uh, that's that's in verse four. The the Greek basically says he had need to have to go, and why? Because he had an important date. Whether the woman knew it or knew it or not, he had a date at that well with this woman, and then he is there and he interacts with this woman, not in some supernatural way, not within a church context, not within the synagogue, not uh, doing some sort of Jesusy thing. Apart from he's sitting at a well, she's on her way to do what she normally did every single day, which was to come and get water at least twice a day, if not more. And he had need to be there to meet her in that way. And so my first thought here is with this text, in what way does Christ have need to meet you in a particular way today that is not some sort of supernatural way, is not some sort of godly heavenly way, not is not some sort of super spiritual way, but meeting you in an ordinary way. That's one of the things that we hold on to as Lutherans, is we understand that God interacts with us in ordinary means, ordinary things. He, he interacts with us through his word. He interacts with us through a preacher. He interacts with us through uh, the waters of baptism and the promise that's found there. He interacts with us through bread and wine, uh, things that we can handle and touch that are just these ordinary things, these everyday things that, that you might make a sandwich one day uh, to have bread and then you show up to church the next day and you receive the body of Christ. God interacting with us in these ordinary ways. How is Christ having necessity to meet you today in an ordinary way? Or how has he in this last week? Think back on your week. How has God, how has Christ interacted with you in an ordinary way, like here with this woman sitting at the well? And we find that 
first he asks her for some, well, he doesn't ask her. He basically says, give me a drink. <laughs> and uh, the woman has the response that every Samaritan would. And in some ways, every Jew would with a Samaritan. It was a, it was a reciprocal hatred of one another. And, and the Greek says that they do not share uh, eating utensils in common, right? So they do not share wells. They do not share buckets. They don't share cups. They don't share plates. They don't share food together. Those sorts of things. Seeing, uh, almost seeing one another as unclean. And here you have Christ stepping into that to change her understanding of how the world works, change her understanding of how Christ works, how God works, versus how humanity creates these hierarchies. If you remember from yesterday, we talked about how we live in a world that's more divided than ever. That after the fall of the Soviet bloc, after the fall of the Soviet Union and, and the Berlin Wall and all those things, we, we used to have whole countries like Yugoslavia. Now it's broken up into like 10 countries. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and count them. And you have the Czech Republic and, and Slovakia rather than Czechoslovakia. And there, there are all these divisions that we make of ourselves to try and say that our life is connected to such and such, whatever it might be, whether it be our American lineage, our German lineage, our Swedish lineage, our Chinese lineage, whatever it might be, we connect ourselves in those things. And those end up becoming dividers for us often. They can be. And here Christ is breaking down that wall, right? He's breaking this down, not by making a political statement, not by marching in the street, not by holding up a placard, just by talking to a woman. How would that work for us? How would it work whereas instead of forming a picket line, instead of uh, saying something stupid on Twitter or Facebook, we put those things down and we just went to somebody different than us. We said, hey, you want to get a drink? You want to connect together in that way? Because then it creates a relationship. And what happens in that relationship is then you start to realize that you're both as broken uh, as, as the other, that you both have your issues, that, that maybe you're struggling in your marriage and they're struggling with their parenting. Or, or maybe you are, are worried about a surgery that your wife is going to be having in the next couple of weeks and they just had to put their husband in a nursing home. Could be a multiple number of things. But we start to have this interaction of bringing humanity back into our relationships to see the human being, the sinner in each of us together, joining with one another in that. And then what does that do? that causes us to realize that what really can join us together, especially within a church context, is Christ. Above all other things. That is what, that's what's happening here. Christ is, is throwing out all those things that divide us, all those things that, that, that cause us to, to think of ourselves different, and he's saying, no. 
that in me is where you find your life from now on. Because see, he comes to this woman, he sits down at this well in the Samaritan village where, where there would not be Jews, it would be Samaritans. And, and he, he asks for a drink from the well, from the hands of a Samaritan woman, breaking down that barrier there. But then he goes on to say, if, if you knew who you were talking to, you would actually ask me for what it is that I could give you, which is this living water, this, this water that wells up to eternal life, this, this, this water that gives you life beyond whether you're thirsty or not, beyond whether you are divided by being a Samaritan or a Jew, a Christian or a Muslim or all these other things, whatever the case might be that divides us. In Christ, what we are given is life in his name. And it doesn't allow us to try and think that we have life in something else. He, he makes that point clear here where he says that anyone who comes and gets water from this well is going to be thirsty again. Well, church, what is that thing that you have been finding your life in lately? That thing, whatever it might be. Think back to prior to the pandemic. What was taken from you over the last year and a half? that was your life, that, that made you feel whole, that made you feel important, that made you feel excited and alive and all these things. And now you can't do those things right now because of COVID or maybe they, it went out of business, whatever it might be, or, or uh, you, you were doing something with a particular person, but now they're so afraid because of COVID that they don't do it anymore. Whatever the case may be, what COVID did is it came to us and it, and it, showed us all the things that we use other than Jesus to give us life, to divide us, to set us apart. And here Jesus is saying, no, the, the, the water that I'm going to give you in me, in my name, in the power of what I'm going to do for you, is going to well up to eternal life, these springs of water welling up into eternal life. And then that becomes something that we share with others talking about how so much of this world tries to give us life in its name and it fails every single time because we end up thirsty again. We end up hungry again. We end up tired. We end up bored. We end up all these things. And yet in Christ, what we're offered is life in him. And because he lives forever, because he sat down at the right hand of God the Father on high, and he's going to come again to judge the living and the dead, he's alive so that even in our death, we have life because we live in him. We don't have an opportunity to try and say that, well, I'm better than so-and-so, or I'm better than so-and-so, or I can't talk to so-and-so because they're my enemy, or I can't talk to so-and-so because of this or that. Instead, we have Christ coming and living in us. So we might be called back into relationship, both with him, but then with one another. And so I'd ask you, is there someone in your life that you just need to go out to coffee with, have over for dinner, whatever the case may be. It's one of those things that we're going to be doing with the youth group now is trying to make sure that we eat a meal together each week on Sunday nights before we have our study and playtime and whatever else we're going to do together because of the fact that those relationships are important, those discussions are important, those times of being close to one another, getting to know one another, 
understanding one another's struggles. That's, that's been the, the joy of ministry for 2,000 years, and we need to recapture that to connect with one another so that then we can rejoice in Christ together. May that be so for us this week. Let us pray. O Lord, we beseech thee, let thy continual pity cleanse and defend thy church, and because it cannot continue in safety without thy succor, preserve it evermore by thy help and goodness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, church, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. We will see you tonight for our fundraiser for the Johnsons. Uh, make sure to bring your checkbook and pay hundreds of dollars for pies. Uh, and otherwise, we will see you on Sunday. Have a blessed weekend. We'll talk to you later. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.